Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Jackson on Finding Human. Today, I would actually like to dedicate this program to Alec Levy, a cousin and a friend, and to his family with so much love. In 2008, I gave a talk titled Load Shedding or Load Sharing. And it was at the time, it was quite amazing what we were actually going through. And I, I thought to myself then, well, okay, you know, it will pass. Now, this was in 2008, and there were riots going on. There was sporadic xenophobia. There was load shedding all the time. Uh, it was causing havoc on our roads, at our robots. There were potholes that were being, everyone was complaining about. Jacob Zuma was, uh, what his corruption case was dismissed by, by the judge. I think his name was Nicholson. And there was water gushing down many, many streets. I remember driving down Jan Smuts and the robots were out. As I'm writing this in 2000, uh, in 2021, if someone had told me in 2008 that 13 years later we would still be facing the same challenges, I would have got on the next plane out of here. And yet here we are in 2021. There are water outages, which and we've got load shedding. We've got even larger potholes. The water continues to gush out. Zuma continues to evade arrest and there are still sporadic riots everywhere. Now, in the past 13 years, we have also laughed, we have cried, we have lost loved ones, and we have welcomed babies to our families. In other words, we have lived. And thank heavens we did not know the potholes and sometimes the craters on this journey called life. Otherwise, we might choose not to walk forward. And that is not even to mention what we are going through now. We are now going to listen to a very short YouTube, and I think it's the one, I've got a few, so I think this is the one by Rabbi Manus Friedman on what is the freedom of choice. Thank you, Craig. Where then is this magnificent gift of freedom of choice? So Hasidic philosophy says like this, true freedom of choice consists of choosing your identity. Not so much your actions as your identification. With whom do you identify? Where do you belong? To whom do you belong? In Yiddish, um, an adult would meet a child in a shtetl or someplace in, uh, in a Jewish community, and in Yiddish he would want to find out who this person is, who this child is, and the question would be, Vemens bistu, whose are you? Not what is your name, but whose are you? Whose child are you? Whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? Where do you belong? That identification 
is where our freedom of choice really lies. We can at any time, without any interference from any force in the world, we can choose where we belong. A person can be sitting in a Soviet prison with all of his freedoms taken away, except for the freedom to belong where he chooses to belong. His identity cannot be imposed, nor can it be taken away. So to use Sharansky as an example, Anatoly Sharansky was sitting in prison for nine years. All his personal freedoms were taken away. He did exactly what the Russians told him to do, except for one thing. He did not belong there. He never belonged there, not for a moment. He belonged in Israel. In fact, as far as he was concerned, he was in Israel. He can place himself where he wants to be. That's the true freedom of choice. That freedom isn't dependent on anything else. You choose it, and it's there. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back, and my topic is load shedding and load sharing. I was talking before then about 2008 when I first gave a talk on this subject, and now 13 years later, and what has changed. And then I was thinking about last year when we actually began, and when um, Rabbi uh, Manus Friedman talks about our choice and how, how are we going to react to whatever comes our way, there is a fear of freedom. And there are different types of freedom. There's a physical freedom, there's a, a psychological freedom, and there's a spiritual freedom. And I believe that at the moment we are all actually being faced, we are being asked to, to choose the freedoms that we can actually still exercise and that is always in our attitude that is one of the very main things one of the things that one of the talks that or the, the quotes that frank Hall uh, often used to say in his book and in his talks which confused me and still does confuse me because it still makes me think is live as if you were living already for the second time and as if you had acted the first time as wrongly as you're about to act now. Now, I would like you to think about that because that quote uh, actually gets me thinking every single time. So let's look at a bit of COVID and what has actually been expected of us. And once again, thank goodness we didn't know. Because on the 24th of March, 2020, the first patient tested positive in KwaZulu-Natal. And in, by December the 29th, 2020, until February 2021, we have really been in, a, a, we went into a lockdown. Um, there was level four in June 2021, the first wave in, in 2020, and the president uh, declared this a national state of disaster. And then in March 20, the 23rd and 2020, we went into national lockdown. We've gone through one wave, then the next wave, and now we're in the third wave. And we've got the new variant, the Delta, and we are back to level four. 
In March 2020, if we had been told that this was just the beginning of a time of great uncertainty, great anxiety, of loss of family and friends, how would we have prepared ourselves for this time, this time of the unknown? Frankel said, we are never free from conditions or circumstances, but we are always free to choose how we respond to how life is challenging us. Our only freedom is our attitude. And I am sure that many of you have come across people in this time who have either pulled you down or actually helped lift you up. I find for myself that more and more I am having to choose who I actually associate with, who I can learn from, who actually does not pull me down. But at the same time, I've got to be very sure that I am not pulling other people down. Are we willing to to face this uncertainty, to care for ourselves, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and to search for a greater purpose than ourselves, something greater than just ourselves? And often the test of courage is It's not to die, it's not to give up, it's not to stay in our beds. It actually is to live. Right now we're actually going to another short YouTube uh, by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. Thank you, Craig. You know, the biggest problems in life are ignorance and indifference. And he replied, well, I don't know. And even if I did, I couldn't care. So, you know, you take the point that uh, somehow or other indifference is a kind of deadness of the soul. You know, you're all muffled in layers and wrappings of self-absorption. And that kind of uh, inability to be moved by events and people, that really is a kind of deadness of the soul. I think of that moment when Moses, as a young man, goes out and sees his people. The Bible describes it very, very simply, in just a few words, he grew up, he went out to his brothers, and he saw their suffering. And you know that that is the decisive moment in his life, because he sees people suffering, and he understands, these are my people. I cannot walk away. And I think anyone with any kind of soul feels that moment at a certain point of time. I mean, just think of Moses, the life in front of him, prince of Egypt, life in a palace, power, wealth, whatever you want. The, uh, how would you put it today, the little uh, summer house in Cap d'Antibes, the, you know, the Lamborghini to do the shopping, and this kind of stuff, wardrobe full of Armani suits. Everything you ever wanted. That's what Moses had stretching in front of him on the one hand. On the other, a life of adversity, leading a people who are pretty difficult to lead through 40 years of a desert. How did he choose to do that rather than that? Had he chosen that way, he would have lived a life of luxury and he would be forgotten two days after he died. Here was a life of adversity and we still haven't forgotten him 
33 centuries later. Why did he make that choice? Because when we see our brothers and sisters suffering, if there is the tiniest spark of Moses in us, we cannot walk away. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm um, back um, with my subject, load shedding or load sharing. You can SMS me on 34519, and I would love to hear from you if you get a chance. You know what Rabbi Sachs was saying there, the deadness of the soul, that we we can look away, we, we can decide not to feel. I've told the story many times before about making a difference in the world and about a little sparrow and all the animals in the world were shouting, the sky is falling down, the sky is falling down, they cried. And then they saw a little bird, a little sparrow lying on its back with its legs stuck, stuck up in the air and they said, what are you doing? Run, run, fly, fly. The sky is falling down. The sky is falling down. And the little sparrow said, you run while I try to hold up the sky. I love that story because it's reaching out of ourselves. And what is this moment of July 2021? What is life asking of us? Life is definitely asking something of us collectively and individually. Are we going to answer life's call or are we going to decide to suffer alone? We are not alone in this. I have also told the story before of two prisoners looking out at the same barred cell window. One looked up and saw the sky. The other looked down and saw the dirt. Now we all look out different windows and we all look onto different varying landscapes. Certainly your view is not my view. We each view life differently. We each have our own challenges and yours differs from mine. However, we all have the freedom of choice. And uh, the freedom of choice, as I said before, is certainly there is a fear of freedom. And Soren Kierkegaard, who was a 19th century Danish philosopher, said, anxiety is the dizziness of freedom, the dizziness effect of looking into the boundlessness of one's own possibilities and wondering what we could do to become a full human being. Many people actually think of freedom as external forces. For instance, um, you know, the freedom that a political system might give us or not give us. But there, there are our own freedoms. Our freedom of our attitude is perhaps the greatest choice that we do have. And we can go on learning from others. Are we willing to actually face the uncertainty? of what's happening around us. Are we willing to help others face it? Um, we have to at the same time care for ourselves, our minds, our bodies and our spirits and search for a purpose greater than ourselves. I think if anything, this pandemic has shown us that there has to be something beyond just our own comfort. I have known people who up to now have been incredibly wealthy and suddenly have been stripped of everything uh, and are, are having to find a different way forward in life. And, you know, even in, in Israel in 2008, 
there was problems on the Gaza Strip and there were rockets coming in. And once again, in 2021, the same thing is happening. So would we in, in 2008 have left Israel because of that? And if we had, where we would, where would we have gone? Right now, collectively, worldwide, this pandemic is demanding something of us. So it's certainly not just individually. Um, there are various ways that we can actually face the moment, the meaning of the moment. We can be proactive. We can actually look at what are we grateful for. We can look at our responsibilities and, and take them on. We can look at life with some humor, gratitude, creativity. We have a choice. Or we can actually find meaning in the moment with no meaning. In other words, reactive. So how, what do I mean by reactive? I mean facing the world with anger, with aggression, with sadness, despair, apathy, withdrawing from the world, deciding I can't go on living like this anymore. I'm going to withdraw already. In other words, you don't have to die to actually be dead. You can die a long time before you actually do physically leave this body. You can choose to actually just withdraw into yourself. And then, of course, there's blame. And at the moment, there is a lot of blame going around. Blame for our government. Blame for our our politics blame for for the no vaccines. We can we can certainly go on and on blaming, and a lot of that blame is is very deserved. But where is it going to get us? Nowhere. And what does it do to everyone else around us? It simply uh, brings them down too. So what would we like to do? Who would we like to spend our time with? You know, I must admit that for myself, I feel that. Uh, it's what Plato said, that man is a being in search of meaning. I find that what I'm looking at is what really matters in my life, what values are serving me, what values are serving others in my family, in my friendships, in my, perhaps in my community. And also what values connect us, what brings meaning into my life, and when do I laugh? And I think laughter is such a huge thing. Today I received a couple of really very funny YouTubes and I had a good laugh about it. It feels good to laugh. There are forces outside of our control without doubt. But we can turn so many of of what's happening to us. We can turn the tragedy into a triumph by discovering our own inner strengths, being proud of how we are facing life. I have seen this again and again throughout my work and certainly in this time of actually seeing how people are reacting. And it, it truly just astounds me the courage people have to, to face what's going on. We we look at people and we often think that they've got it all. But you know what? Life is not free of suffering. Certainly no one promised us this carefree time. There's no such thing. 
And when we do look at people and we think, oh, they've got it all, we, if we look a little bit deeper, we will notice that each person actually has their own unique story to tell with their own script, either of joy, well, often of joy, of happiness, pain, guilt, and sorrow. And I'm sure you have all known people who, who, as I said to you just now, even in their living, don't appear to be alive. And certainly their energies are, are so bad that they pull you into this pit with them. And we have all experienced the energies that people do bring to life. Some of them are so negative that you actually want to run and never look back. Um, a lot of people talk about, well, a lot of people have spoken and written about toxic people. And we often do in, encounter them. And, and they, they definitely, it's very, very hard to, to try and lift yourself up after encountering them. On the other hand, there are people who generate such positive energy that you actually gravitate towards them. Just because, just to be near them is to be a part of the positive vibe that they bring to life. There is that saying, we don't have to die to forget how to live. And we, we have the, the choice of the type of energy that we want to radiate. And perhaps this is one of the things that life is asking of us right now. What do we want to generate? What sort of energy? are we going to be bringing into the world? I'm certainly not saying that life requires for you to be a happy clapper all of the time. Not at all. There are certainly times for tears and times for laughter. And I have been with people in the depth of despair and I have not felt drained by them. And yet I must admit that I've often been with people who even when life is going really well for them, they insist that everything is awful. In other words, they try to connect you with their wounds and the wounds of the world. And let's face it, right now the world has many wounds and we don't have to be reminded of them all the time. While we certainly can't run from them, and we can, we have to do what we can to help the wounds of the others. We certainly don't need to be drawn into people's made up wounds or made up their, their, their constant negativity. Mark Twain actually said, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you believe that you too can become great. So, I mean, I, I, I actually think that that's fantastic. You know, this, it's, there is, it is time right now to actually honor our stories and also those of the people who enter our lives. I have told the story of a beggar sitting on the side of the road for 30 years and a man walked by him and the beggar said, spare me a dime. And the man said, sorry, I don't have anything to give you, but tell me what's in your box. And the beggar said, nothing, absolutely nothing, it's empty. And the man said, well, why don't you open it? And the beggar opened the box and inside it was filled with gold. 
Now, we all have treasures we've forgotten about or that we've never even searched for, but they're right inside each and every one of us. These are our inner strengths. These are the strengths that we have accumulated through all the experiences of our lives. So what are your inner treasures? What is inside you? Lately, uh, a lot of people are talking about keeping journals. And I decided that last week when my guest Sean was saying that he keeps a journal and he writes all the time, and I must admit that I decided I was going to also just keep a, a short little journal next to me or not. And I, I, I can't say it's a journal. As I said last week, it's little pieces of paper. And um, and I, I jot down what the day has meant to me and also how I have got through it. And I've been really very surprised at how often it has been in negativity, a lot of it has been from COVID exhaustion, uh, and um, which does pull us down, I must admit. And there's a lot being written at the moment about the mental effect of COVID. And I think we need to also recognize that. But we also need to recognize that we can actually handle it and handle it in a different way. At times, the fear of the future and the present can actually paralyze us. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I, I fear for my children, my grandchildren, people I love. And I, I also wonder, you know, if I will be able to handle the challenges ahead. At such times, I must admit uh, that uh, faith is certainly, as they say, not the absence of fear, but the courage to go on when fear is present. And remembering that courage comes from the French word cour, which means heart. So we definitely do need a lot of heart at the moment to actually go on each day, finding the positive in our day. And to remember that the strengths that we do have inside us. Thank you so much. This is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. I'll be back in a second. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. We are now going to be listening to another YouTube Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, and I hope you enjoy it. Something bad happens. There are two responses. Number one, we can complain. Number two, we can do something about it. Now, if we simply complain, if we see ourselves as victims, the truth is that... There's good news for being a victim. Everyone has compassion for you. Everyone has Rahmanas for you. It's comfortable being a victim. The only trouble with being a victim is that you, by defining yourself as such, have put yourself out of any possible way of improving your situation. Because if it isn't your fault, you can't put it right. Somebody else has to. And you thereby hand over your life to somebody else. The Jewish way is to say, if I see something wrong in the world, let me be one of the first to put it right. That is responsibility. And that literally is what responsibility means. 
God is calling to us. As he called to the first human being in the Garden of Eden, Ayeka, where are you? Help me put out the fire. And that is the Jewish way, not to see ourselves as victims, even though we have been victims, but to see ourselves as responsible agents who, working together, in conjunction with one another, and with that little voice from heaven, can change the world. That is the only way to be. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and um, my topic has been load shedding and load sharing. And I see I've got some messages. Sharon, thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. What you're saying is inspirational. Thank you, Sharon. Carol uh, says, Dearest Sue, you astound me, you relax me, you inspire me. I love your simple stories which speak volumes of wisdom. Carry on carrying on. We are listening and loving you, Carol Z. Thank you so much for both of you. It means a lot to me. Um, we were talking, Rabbi Sachs was saying that um, we have a responsibility. We are being called at the moment. Whoever you want to think is calling you, I don't mind. You know, be it God, be it a higher power, whatever it might be, we are all being called. We are all being asked, where are you? And we are responsible agents. And what is this time? This time of July 2021, what is it asking of us, as I said before, collectively and individually? Um, we are we willing to face the uncertainty? Learn we need to learn from others as well, and then develop our own strengths, our own inner core, which is our untouchable core. Life is questioning us. What is being asked of us? There are so many feelings that we are being bombarded with, being bombarded with at the moment, as feelings of sadness, of hurt, of anger, of denial. You know, there's that tapestry of life which continues thread by thread. Each stage of our lives, we add another thread to us, to it. But there is a background, and sometimes that background is our major color, and that's our core, the consistent color, which is our personal inner strength that we can acknowledge, and we can build on this. And it, there is stability in us, in it. And I have met so many people in my life who have actually shown me what this unbelievable core is. And, um, I, I, I do think that we are ultimate, that Frankel says, and I agree with him, that ultimately man should not ask what the meaning of his life is but must recognize that it is he who is asked. In a word, each man is questioned by life and must answer to life by answering for his own life. To life, he can only respond by being responsible. And that that is very, very true. There is what he what Frankel calls the tragic triad of life, which is the pain, the guilt, and the death. And that meaning is found within that. And I have been asked by a few people to please go through the meaning of life, the different avenues towards meaning. So this is the tragic triad, the pain, the guilt, and death. This this is life. 
everyone faces that at some time. But there are these avenues to meaning. There are these three avenues that Frankel talks about. And then also a fourth one has been added along the way. But it's the creative things we do, the uplifting things we experience, and the kind of attitude that we take towards situations of unavoidable, unavoidable suffering. So the creative values are the values we experience through what we give to life, what we contribute to life. We have a task or a goal in life, and therefore we feel fulfilled as human beings if we actually walk into this task. What is the task? It could be gardening. It could be writing. It could be painting. It could be sharing uh, 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 sharing stories, talking. Um, you, you, you might be a, a magician, whatever it is, whatever the creative thing that actually brings joy to you will bring joy to other people as well. Experiential values. What are these? These are the blessings that we receive from life that, that life actually has given to us. These are the good, the beautiful, the true that life has manifested for us. Love, of course, is the greatest experiential value. It's the love of another being, a human being, the love that we have towards each other. It's the love of nature. Maybe it's music, art, the love of friendship, religion, poetry, etc. Experiential values are free, normally free. And I must admit, my friend Les, thank you, Les, if you're listening in in Australia, sometimes sends me the most beautiful, beautiful pictures of the sun setting over the ocean, or or this, uh, the 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 sun rising, or or a walk in the forest, whatever it is, it's beautiful. Now that is. Well, it's free to me. Thank you, Les. I know it's costing you a fortune doing the photographs, but those are, are given to me. And then there's attitudinal values, the values we experience through the right attitude that we have towards life, especially towards inescapable suffering. And I'll get back to the fourth one, that actually has been added. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with my topic, load shedding or load sharing. And I'm hoping that some of what I have said is making sense. I was talking about the different avenues towards finding meaning, and they are the creative values, the experiential values, and the attitude, attitudinal values. And then Patty Kutzer, who was a, one of the a logotherapists a long time ago, uh, and of course a still one, mentioned gratitude. And she spoke to Viktor Frankl about when he was in South Africa, about gratitude, and she said, surely that is also one of our, um, our main values. And he agreed it was. And quite often, if you've listened to any of his talks uh, on, on his avenues towards meaning, he has mentioned uh, gratitude, the gratitude of how um, in, in the camp 
of of um, of what they actually were grateful for. And sometimes it was, of course, for a sunset. You mentioned uh, seeing the, the sunset once and, and realizing that there was beauty and and of friendship. And he talks about two races of men in the world: the race of the the, the the and only these two: the race of the good and the race of the bad man. And he talks about how in the camps. The, the the men, there were men who walked around sharing their last piece of bread. And they were few in number, he said, but they were enough to actually prove that there, there was goodness in the world and that you could choose to actually be part of that goodness. And he was incredibly grateful for that lesson um, of, of what people other people had shown him and if I look at my own life I realize perhaps the overwhelming feeling that I do have is the feeling of gratitude um, that, that that feeling that all is well with the world um, <laughs> that, that other people can bring to me and um, I, I must admit that I'm grateful right now for this message that's just come through from Les in Australia. Thanks for the mention. Always sunrise for me on our East Coast and a great joy on most days, even now with temperatures down to about four degrees centigrade. Oi, Les, enjoying your program and, and reactions to life. Uh, and heart unfolds sending hugs thank you Liz that's great and uh, please just keep warm right here it's actually I must admit I'm very grateful through the, through the fact that I'm inside because it is very very cold uh, you know Rabbi Nachman of Breslov said let the good in me connect with the good in others until all the world is transformed through the compelling power of love how beautiful is that, that we have the power to transform the world. We have the power to transform each other. And uh, and I, I think Rabbi uh, Breslov's talk about that is also beautiful. He also talks so often about nature and the beauty of nature. So if you're feeling down, and, and I must admit that right now I was reading an article called COVID-19's Negative Impact on Mental Health and how this is a shadow pandemic. And the the writer actually says that, uh, in order to win this COVID-19 battle, we must address the rising mental health distress amongst ourselves and our children. And the person who writes it is by, uh, if any of you want to read it, it's by Dr. Kafil Khan, a human rights activist and an assistant professor at the BRD Medical College of uh, Garakpur, and she gives us a few tips, actually, on it. And she was saying that humans are, are by nature sociable animals. And during this quarantine and lockdown, we've been forced into social distancing, isolation, and the lack of physical contact, and what the, the impact this is having on us. So I know that many of you listening in are on your own. And I really do. I send you so much love and 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 just hope that you yourselves will remember your inner strengths, what you have acquired 
through the years, these never go away. And let's face it, that if we've lived, no matter how long we've lived, but the longer we have lived, I have seen it again and again. I gave a story quite a long time ago to one of our retirement homes, and I am always absolutely amazed at the strength I see in people of 90 plus and and what they have got to teach us of their strengths that they have acquired through the years and continue to actually acquire. So what really matters in our lives, what is it? It's turning the tragedy into something more positive, something that we can work with. And and um, I'm not saying that's easy. Of course it's not. But remember, you can reach out to other people if you would like to. HIFM was here to help as well. Please just remember that. And then I would like to end by the, with this by Aldous Huxley. It's dark because you're trying too hard. Lightly, child, lightly. Learn to do everything lightly. Yes, feel lightly, even though you're feeling so deeply. Just lightly let things happen and lightly cope with them. So throw away your baggage and move forward. There are quicksands all about you, sucking at your feet, trying to suck you down into fear, self-pity and despair. That's why you must walk so lightly, lightly, my darlings. Thank you and God bless.